So did you bring your Bible to church? The Lord has a word for us as a people. Praise God. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. It's going to be a short exaltation because of our time. Acts chapter 9, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 7. Acts chapter 9, from verse 1 to 7. Acts chapter 9, 1 to 7. If you don't mind, church, if you don't mind, please let us rise as we read the word of God. If you don't mind. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, from verse 1 to 7. One to go. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the churches, against the disciples of the Lord. Are you there? Okay. I can only hear myself. Or do you want us to read from the screen so we can read the same version? What version do you have there? Is that the NKJV? Oh, they don't want me to read from the screen. Okay, so let me go on. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Verse 7, are you there? Verse 7. I want everybody to read verse 7 together. That's our main text for this morning. Want to go? And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Please have your seat. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go into your word, we ask for illumination. I pray for all trends that as your word comes forth, let chains be broken. Let rejoicing come in the hearts of your children. Your word that is able to transform, not just to excite, not just to inspire, not just to excite, but there will be real, total life transformation in the mighty name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name, we are afraid. In Jesus' name, we are afraid. Acts chapter 9 and verse 7 says that the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And we live in an age where many people need direction. Many people are looking for a cause to follow. People wake up in the morning and they are wondering, what do we scream about today? What do we shout about today? What cause, what agenda do we push today? Praise God. Praise God. And why is that so? Many of us think Saul actually did this thing he did uh, by himself. No, the Bible tells us that he had uh, a couple of people who journeyed with him. Many people who journeyed with him. Many people who were against the move of the church. Many people who were against the move of Christ in that town. And a lot of people just know the Apostle Paul. A lot of people know the great one who wrote epistles, the one who did great miracles, went from place to place. But we do not remember when he was Saul and when he was busy persecuting people. The chapter before tells us about this young man being introduced, that there was a stoning ceremony. Somebody say stoning ceremony. That's a concept we don't know today. Stoning ceremony. We know of naming ceremonies. We know of what other ceremonies do we have? You know, naming birth ceremonies, marriage ceremonies. Praise God. I hear the sound of marriages in this house. In the name of Jesus. Some single people are scared. They're like, Pastor, okay, chill. Give us another prophecy, not married. Praise God. You are getting married, though. Hello? Hello? Have you heard me? 
People are smiling. Say, Pastor, you don't know what the economy is saying. The Lord never invited us to make decisions based on the economy of the world. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Some of you are moving to your houses this year. As you just said, amen, your bank account just flashed in your eyes. And your credit score just flashed. You're like, amen. Before it was amen, you just saw it. Amen. Hello? But my God is able to do it. Did you hear that? And when he does it, send me a message and testify. Praise God. So many people are looking for an agenda to follow. Many people looking for civil groups, looking for gender rights. There are people who are just looking for things to castigate, things to talk about today, looking for hashtags to trend. They are just saying, what do we shout about today? What do we scream about today? Okay, there's this church. Let's scream about this church. Why, why is the church that particular way? Why does the pastor look a particular way? Why do the ladies look a particular way? And somebody says, no, let's shift our focus on this church. Let's go to this president. Then why is this president like this? Why did he say that? How can he say that? Who does he think he's talking to? Many people lack direction. They are just waiting for a leader to show up and they follow. So Saul showed up and says, these people, they are not doing the will of God. I don't know if you saw it in your Bible, but he said they went to get letters from the high priest. They went to get letters from the high priest. They were persecuting God's people with the authority and the backing of the high priest. The religious institutions were against them. And one of the words God wants us to hold on today is God is calling a people out of religion. I don't know if you heard that. God is calling the people out of religion. God is calling us to something bigger, something greater, something beyond church as we know it. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? Are you still with me this morning? There is a bandwagon culture that has crept into the church. Religion, routine, politics. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. It says, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. Is that in your Bible? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. This was Paul speaking to Timothy. However, when there is this bandwagon effect, follow me. I know I'm trying to rush because of time. But in the midst of this bandwagon effect, there's going to be a moment of reckoning. Somebody say a moment of reckoning. There's going to be a time where the leader that has given us inspiration, you know, I was hearing a story of someone who, who started having problems in the family just because of a tweet by a feminist. Feminist said, why are you bearing your husband's name? So, so why am I bearing my husband's name? And that's how problems started in the house. Praise God. Don't be like, Pastor, don't go there. It's too early. It's our first service. I don't want you to trend on social media. It's too early. Don't go there. Praise God. <laughs> Tell social media to get ready. <laughs> Hello? Hello, am I, am I in church this morning? See, nobody's going to bully us out of teaching the word of God. This word has been for decades and centuries. We are not going to be woke than scripture. Did you hear me? Hello? What does the church say about the LGBTQ society? People are the pastor preaching. Midline message. Hello? The days of midline are over. Midline got us nowhere. A generation that doesn't, when you say church, judge, God, Jesus, <clears throat> you just go to the next lane. God is calling us to the days of power. Did you hear me? He's calling us to a people of power. Not pastors, not apostles, not preachers. I'm talking of members casting out demons. Where I was telling them a few weeks ago, I said, people will say, oh, where's pastor? Pastor needs to pray for this person. I said, I don't need to give you pastor's number. Where is the dead body? Let's go there. Praise God. 
Those days are here. I said those days are here. So irrespective of this mass bandwagon culture, there's always going to be a day of reckoning. John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 66. Jesus had the crowd also that followed him. Jesus also had a bunch of multitudes that followed him. All sorts of people came. They came knowing fully well that something will happen when we go near Jesus. When we get hungry, it's going to manufacture bread. When we get hungry, there's going to be fish. Somehow, there's just going to be a supply. All right? And part of the message I wanted to hold on to this morning is that God is calling us out of a need-based relationship. It's calling us out of a need-based relationship. And I say this when I meet believers in this part of the world. We have an opportunity to practice a pure form of Christianity. Many times you see the thousands and the millions. They are after what they can get. Hello? Hello? And God is not intimidated by what he can give you. He is unlimited in his supply. However, there is something you need more than what you think you need. Your greatest need is for him. Him. Not what is in his hand, but for him. When you have him, you have his hands. When you have him, you have his feet. You know what the Bible tells us about his feet? <sighs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus preached the tough sermon. John chapter 6. The Bible says the people started going. We can't take this anymore. This is Jesus. He started leaving. John 6, 66. I thought it was just the people leaving. The Bible tells us that many of his disciples, do you know what disciple means? Close followers started leaving. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. John 6, 66 to 68. Praise God. Praise God. Now, what Peter was saying, as I begin to tie this up, what Peter was saying is that these other people have heard stuff. We have not just heard the same things they've heard. We've seen something that they've not seen. Are you in church with, this, with me this morning? Did you hear that? Everybody has heard a sermon. Everybody has eaten bread and fish. We didn't just eat bread and fish. We didn't just hear sermons. We didn't just see miracles. We've seen something. We've seen something that we cannot unsee. So there is nowhere else for us to go. Hmm. We've seen something. Tap your neighbor. Say, we've seen something. The Lord is calling us to a place of consecration. And he wants us to know that group revelation, group revelation, somebody say group revelation, does not unlock destiny. If you're writing that, I'll write it down. You don't need to tag me. You don't need to put my name. The Lord gave it to me, so tag him. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to say that again. Group revelation does not unlock destiny. My pastor said, my bishop said, apostle said, until what they said is received by your spirit as the word of God to you. First John chapter 1, verse 1. Let's begin to tie this up. First John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Acts chapter 9, verse 7. 
Acts chapter 9, verse 7. It says, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Hearing a voice, but seeing no one. The Lord is calling us to a place where beyond what we've heard, we can see him. He's calling the people who beyond all of the theatrics and the drama and the politics of church, people who will hold on closely to him and say, I've seen you. People who, even if your pastor showed up one Sunday morning and says, it's all been a lie. It's been a lie. I've lied to you guys all these years. There is no God. There is no God. There is no power. These healings, the stage death. These miracles, action. Everything, film. And my conscience can't bear it again. So I need to tell you, there is no God. Everybody go. The people that will rise up say, Pastor, we'll pray for you. It's unfortunate. But I've gotten to a place in my work. I've seen him. I've seen him. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. I've seen him. I didn't just, it was not just a light flashing. And they just, they just heard. No, no, no. I've seen him. I've seen him. I don't know if you're in church this morning. I said I've seen him. A people who've seen something they cannot unsee. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I will stand, I will stand at my watch and see what he will say. There are people that hear what is being said. There are people that see what is being said. Acts chapter 9 verse 7 once again. And the men who joined with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no one. You are going to burn out on this journey if you don't have an encounter. You are going to get tired if you don't have an encounter. The snow is going to stop you. Family is going to get busy. Your business is going to prosper. Your husband is going to place a demand on you. Your wife is going to want more of your attention. Everything together will place a demand unless you have an encounter. Even church. Church will place a demand. The activities will get so much. The planning, the execution. There's almost no time to pray. Almost no time to fellowship. It's from one event to another event. From one campaign to another campaign. And the people at the center of it, they don't know that the battery is red. Since Samson shook himself like before. The only difference now was that the glory had departed. Glory had departed. I want to pray just one prayer for you this morning. That beyond all the drama and the nice, everything, that you will see him. And when you see him, you know you've seen him. Did you hear that? Can I agree and join my faith with yours this morning? That for us in this room and that for our city, our city will see Jesus. Enough of all this empty talk and nice sounding trends. I still need to see Jesus. When our city sees Jesus, we will have less talking to do. In the corridors of power, our city needs to see Jesus. As infections and fear and things are flying over the world, it's an opportunity. Our city needs to see Jesus. Canada needs to see Jesus. I don't know if, I'm, if you know the foundation of this nation on scripture. The verse that pioneered the first name of Canada, the dominion of Canada, from sea to sea, it's lifted from the Psalms. And then something else. But we are not something else. We are God's people. Did you hear that? And our city will see Jesus. Help me tap your neighbor. Say our city will see Jesus. 
Our city will see Jesus. Our city will experience Jesus. Our city will experience Jesus. Beyond hearing, we will see. We will have that encounter. An encounter. Do you know you could have called Paul and you could have said, what you had was a flash in the pan. Those letters are from the high priest. The number one religious leader of town. How do you go back and tell the high priest that you met Jesus? Can you imagine that? How do you go to tell the general overseer that God told me? But he had seen something. And you will see something this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can we join our faith together as a people? And intercede for the city. Please rise on your feet if you don't mind. And join your hands to someone beside you. Join your hands beside you. This is, if you've noticed, this is not about KICC. It's our first service here. We are meant to be praying for the church. We've done that. This is an intercession for the destiny of the people. For the destiny of the nation. We join our faith with other ministries, other men and women of God. Pray for a revival in our time. The prophecies have gone ahead. It's been released already. And we are here hungry and waiting. Knowing that we will see it in our time. We're gonna see a revival. We're gonna see a revival. We're gonna see a revival in our land. Do you believe it? Church, do you believe it? You don't sound like you believe it. Do you believe it? I'm sorry, we're expecting a jumpy. I preach jumpy messages, okay? So come next week. <laughs> Praise God. Well, this is the one the Lord gave me for today. Trust me, you are in for a wonderful time. But today, this is how the Lord will have us have it. We are interceding for a city. Interceding for a nation. The Father, let your power fall. And let all eyes see you. Let me tell you, you know, when they document revivals, you trace it to names. In the days of Pastor Dio, you know, millions were healed and falling. The revival that is coming not be able to trace it to any person. Hello? Hello? Are you ready for that? Do you want that? Do you want the history books to be written and your name is not there? Just the name of Jesus. Are you happy with that? Are you comfortable with that? Our pastors and ministers in the city comfortable with that? Nationwide, are we happy with that? That we are not going to ask who led the opening prayer, who gave the sermon, who laid the hands, but Jesus showed up and sicknesses flew out. Jesus showed up, demons were running elter-skelter. That in the corridors of power, the principles of scripture were reinstated in our time. So we raise your voice to heaven. So Father, let all men see you. We pray for the city. Let all eyes see you. We stand in the gap for our city. For the greater Toronto area. For the province of Ontario. For the nation of Canada. That all men will see you. All men will see you. Jesus lifted up. The king of glory and throne. That his glory fills the city. His glory fills the city. His glory fills the city. I know some of you have not prayed in a long time. But your words carry power this morning. So Father, we want to see you. We want to see you as a city. We want to see you as a city. We want Jesus lifted high. We want the fire to fall on our towns. Statistically, the fire falling on our cities, on our schools, 
in the courthouses, in the prisons, in the shelters, on the streets, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, an unprecedented revival, like the rushing of a mighty wind. Jesus lifted I. Jesus lifted I. Jesus lifted I. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Still holding the person you're holding. We're going to pray for them. I'm going to say, Father, let my brother, I don't know where holding, let my sister, let them have an encounter they can't deny. Hello. It is my duty, it is my duty to warn you before you pray this prayer. When the answer to this prayer comes, you will have an insatiable hunger for his presence. You struggled to have devotion five minutes. Your Bible study 10 minutes, you're already dozing off, you're praying 15 minutes, your knees are buckling. By the time the fire falls and you have that encounter, you just want to be with him. You just want to be with him. You finish your plan and you're looking at the phone. Is that all I've got today? You close the plan and you go to scriptures and you start dissecting. Are you with me this morning, church? Are we ready for those days? That the kids come back and they oh, we want to watch this, we want to watch this. And they are telling you, mommy, can we pray? Daddy, can we pray? And you notice that even the fire is falling on the kids. Daddy, can we pray? Mommy, can we pray? Are we ready for those days? Are you sure we're ready for those days? The days that the chains and the cords of religion, where we are not just going to church because that is what we do on Sunday. We are going because we are tabernacling together. To raise a sacrifice, to raise a fire together. Are you ready for those days? Are you sure you want to pray that prayer this morning? So pray for your brother that you are holding. Pray for your sister. Let them see you. Let them see you. They've heard enough. They've been in church long enough. They've been born in church, baptized in church. They had their kids in church, literally did everything in church. But we want to close the chapter of religion and we want to open the chapter of fire. The chapter of a new relationship. Let the eyes see you. Come on, we're not passing time. We're not passing time. We're not passing time. We're not passing time. Let your eyes see. Let your eyes see. Let your eyes see. In Jesus' name we're afraid. In Jesus' name we're afraid. Now we are going to do this for yourself. You can leave the person you're holding. saying this to impress you or to tease you. I'm 
saying this because it's scriptural. I've seen the example in the scripture. Maybe I should read the scripture first. When God appeared to Abraham, I called him forth. I said, go to a place that I will show you. God was calling him out of idolatry. He was calling him out of his family, basically what he had known all his life. He was calling him for the place of comfort and convenience. And in the package of God's speech, pardon me to use an English term, but the speech God made to Abraham, God said, I will bless you and I will make your name great. All right. And you will think in such a secret moment of consecration, God had no reason talking about blessings. But you know why God did that? Because when he gives you him, he can't disconnect himself from the things that come with his presence. Are you still with me? So, it's a good deal God has before you for us this morning. He's saying, when you think you've left all for me, what you actually don't know is that you've gained all because I am everything you need. Once you have Jesus, you have everything. It's a, a church statement that we don't believe yet. That if truly I have Jesus, I have everything. If truly I have Jesus, I have everything. So I'm going to pray for yourself. Father, I desire an encounter ever before. I want to see you. Job 42 verse 5. He said, I had heard of thee, hearing of thy ears. He says, but now my eyes see you. Now my eyes see you. A people on fire. A people on fire. A people of prayer. A people of worship. A people of devotion. Say, God, I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of business as usual. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up of this church thing. I'm fed up of this prayer thing, these devotions that have become mechanical. I want an encounter, unscripted moments with you. I want to see 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 you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. Lord, the light of your love is shining. In the midst of the darkness, shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine, Jesus, shine. And we see you. We see you. We see you. Thank you, gracious Father. Praise and honor to your name. For in Jesus' name we're afraid. In Jesus' name we're afraid. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power, there is power in the name. There is power in the name. 
But what we are doing this morning is beyond what everybody thinks. It's beyond what anybody thinks. Maybe say, no, everybody thinks I'm born again. They think I've been born again. You know you are not born again. You know you are not born again. You know you are not born again. You know, there's no doubt. You know. It's not like you've been acting. It's not like you've been in pretense. But you just, you know that that life is not in you. You know. You know that you've been struggling. This life is not designed to be lived by struggling. Is not designed to be lived by trying to change my ways. It is designed to be lived by another power that is at work in us. So if that power is not at work in you, you can't force it. You can't. You can't simulate it. You can't. You can't replace it. It's either it's there or it's not there. Or you're here and you say, Pastor, I've done this before. I did this a while back, but I was a disciple. Nobody told me what to do. I just came out, someone prayed with me, and I went back and continued being, being myself. And today is a good day to start again. The word the Lord gave us for this service is that it's a fresh start. We've received that for the church, but I want to receive it for you also. Like to be a fresh start in your journey, a fresh start in your relationship, a fresh start in your family, a fresh start with regards to everything you lay your hands upon. But it begins with entering the door opening your heart and receiving his life. Nobody can do this for you. It's you that you will come to that path. And I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you. I will kindly request, whether you are doing this for the first time, you've done this before and you just know that it's not been done properly and you want me to agree with you, I want you to put your hand on your chest, your right hand on your chest. I want you to do your prayer hand on your chest. I know you are not ashamed. I know you are not shy. I know you are not if I said you should come out and you are ready to come out. But I'm scanning the room now. Even it's one person, two people, three people making that decision. Don't look around you. Don't care what anybody is going to say. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. You're saying, I want that life. I want that life you speak of. I'm tired of religion. I want that life. I want that experience, that encounter. I want it, I want it, I want it, I desire it. Some are saying, I've had it before, but I've gone wayward, I've gone astray. Guess what? His loving arms are waiting for you. And he's saying, come back home, my son. Come back home, my daughter. You think I'm here to judge you? He says, but I'm here to receive you. I'm here to empower you to please me. I see you struggle. I see you fight. I see you, I see you, I see you literally trying to judge your way to true. He's saying, but come, come, let me give you rest. Come, let me make you enjoy this relationship. If you're in that category too, I want you to put your hand on your chest. There's another category of people I want to pray for. Category people, number three category. I'm praying for all of you together. Number three category is you're saying, Pastor, a while back, I moved to this country. And since then, my only prayer point was, God, take me out. Take me to Canada. And since you did that, it was as though mission accomplished goodbye Jesus alright and there's that I know certainly the Lord told me you are here alright and you know that since you arrived in this country your relationship with God has gone down the drain you know before you came through you were praying you were fasting you were believing God for the breakthrough God told me to announce to you your breakthrough is not coming to Canada your breakthrough is not a permanent residency your breakthrough is not a citizenship of a nation on earth it's a bigger citizenship. It's a greater citizenship. And he's saying, don't let go. Don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. 
your, 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 your reward is not constant electricity. Your reward is not education for your kids. Your reward is me. Your reward is me. He's saying don't cheat yourself. You've not had everything you're looking for. I know you're here now. You're settled. Probably have your house now. You're like, God, I've checked all the boxes. I'm done. He's saying no, I'm just about to begin with you. I'm just about to begin with you. And if you're here, I want to agree with you. And the Lord is saying to me to tell you, he says, plug yourself into service. Plug yourself into service. He says, you know how we started back in the day. You know how we started. He said, get back into the form. Get back into service. And see me do great things through you and with you. He says, what I want to give you is not a house. I want to give you a nation. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that. He says, what I want to give you is not just an inheritance for your kids. He says, I want to give you an inheritance of the nations. I want to give you an inheritance of the nations. He said, what I want to bring to your hand is too big. The enemy wants to cheat you. He wants to put you in a comfort zone. Pray with those three people very quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your children who are making a decision for you. Those who have done this before and are saying, I need to do this again. And for those who want a repair of their work and their relationship, I pray for your children for an undeniable encounter that they will see you, that the life of your spirit will invade them, Amen. that their will is laid at the altar of sacrifice and they pick up your own will. They are empowered to please you, yes. to live holy and righteous lives. For the ones who have struggled with addictions and that guilt has come to haunt them, we silence the voice of the accuser and we speak to them, you are righteous. The blood of Jesus sets you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That chain is broken. That shackle is broken. That addiction is broken. You are free. You are free. You are free. I decree that you are free. From every chain that has held you bound, you are free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because it is done. For the ones making this decision, we agree with them that they acknowledge their sin. They acknowledge that you, Jesus, died for them. That you were buried for them. That you didn't just stay there, but you rose up again. And that you live, you are alive today in them to please you. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we're afraid. For in Jesus' name we're afraid. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.